Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Coming up in about eh, a little more than 20 minutes, we will share our lightning bets, our favorite plays for the evening. But now let's get into some NBA awards and some bets we like there. And before we get to MVP, which I know is going to be uh, the talk of the town, so to speak, uh, Paul did remind us during the break that Wimby for Rookie of the Year is plus 105. We played what? A quarter of the season? A little bit more than that? Maybe mm-hmm. a little less than a third? And we already have a bet that is close to even money for one of these distinctions. I find that fascinating, Joe. Yeah. So, well, look, it, do we want to pick on the favorite? The favorite's Chet Holmgren. He's minus 145 in most spots. And Wemby, you can find a little bit of plus money. Um, Chet, 17 points, eight rebounds per game. He's on a team that is, that was getting pumped up by a lot of people. They're exceeding expectations. If this continues to thunder, we'll get an award, maybe multiple awards. But mm-hmm. isn't he the kind of favorite that you go against? Like we talked about Chad, and he was a popular bet in the, in the offseason, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But just based on injury history alone, you have to consider going somewhere else in this market, and you know, obviously, Wemby is going to be the conversation everybody's going to have. Um, do the results of the team matter at all? Because if they do, maybe that's why he's fallen back a little bit, a little bit. But if he's the true unicorn that everyone says he is, maybe they shouldn't. Like we knew the Spurs were going to be bad either way. I mean, their win total was very low, but um, I mean, that's the big question. But yeah, like this is. This is an intriguing market, not just because Wemby's number two on the odds board, but also just because look at who the favorite is, and maybe we should be looking elsewhere. Hmm. I think the record does matter a little bit. Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander finished fifth in the MVP voting last year, and they stunk. Like, they didn't mm-hmm. have a good record. So I think that should matter a, a little bit. It's not everything, but I think at the end of the day, it does matter. Uh, historically it doesn't, uh, usually it doesn't. I mean, you know, I think the most notable example would be like, granted it's a different award, but like when Jokic won MVP just a couple of years ago, the nuggets were sixth in the Western conference, but he was just such a unicorn that you, that overwhelmed say, you know, team overall output. And there were also injuries there where you could compensate for those kinds of things, et cetera. And to me, when it comes to just about any award, maybe there are some exceptions, but especially when it comes to say like rookie, I think voters are probably even more open-minded to giving the award to a player on a team that stinks because it just takes so long for a team to develop and say you have a high draft pick to go from being absolutely atrocious to where you would get a high draft pick to being a legitimate contender. It just takes too long because the NBA, more so in other sports, is really, really top heavy. So I think when it comes to a lot of these individual awards, maybe not so much coach of the year. That might be the one exception because team performance is one of those factors you have to look at. But as far as the others are concerned, I am almost not at all considering how the team is doing but don't you think that's why chet's the favorite right now because why else would Mm -hmm. it be because the numbers are there for wemby right is it so much of an outlier though to where that's taken into account like it's not so much like okc's playing well it's that okay 
how how good can Victor Wembanyama be if the Spurs have this kind of record where it is so bad, things are so atrocious? Maybe that has something to do with it. But if you also believe that OKC is going to fall back down to reality, then okay, let's say they're mm-hmm. an okay team, they make the playoffs. The Spurs are still really bad. I think if that's the comparison, then yeah, I could see Wimby's number shortening. Sure. All right, I have to ask a question. You mentioned about a quarter of the season done. Is is there enough time? Like the the numbers for Chet and Wemby are awesome, right? And there was a third name that was talked about in the offseason with this. People were betting on it because of the opportunity. It's an awful start, but there's time to rebound. Scoot. Scoot's 250 to one. <laughs> He's 250 Woo! to one. And Amazing. it's the middle of December. So I don't know. He's going to get opportunities, but he scored 19 the other day. But you got to start, you got to do that every night if you want to enter this conversation with these other two. It is a long way to go before he's even close to these top two. Like there's, there's a reason there's a big separation between these two and the rest of the pack. But I can't believe that, that Henderson has fallen this far. Mm hmm. I got to think there's something to it. I, I mean, I yeah. that seems like value to me. I mean, we are at a point where should we be rejecting our priors so quickly? Like, I wouldn't. Right. Not, not right. a third of the way through the season. I mean, a lot can happen, you know, between now and then. Like, I mean, really for both guys, like for Holmgren and Wimanyama, like these aren't good bets to me. Like, we are, <laughs> we are open-minded enough to believe in somebody else coming in and taking over. There is more than ample time. And look, there are obvious contenders when it comes to the league, and that's something I'm sure we'll get to in a minute, but there's plenty of time for someone to get on a run, especially against like a bunch of bad teams, make a name for themselves, maybe even have a coach who says, okay, maybe we can't necessarily contend, but we can put this guy on a pedestal, this rookie who we believe is going to be our future. Absolutely, that can happen. Yeah, he he would have to really turn it on, but but man, that is that's a big fall for a guy that the opportunity is still going to be there, and yeah. you know the favorite could get injured. There's that history, and Wemby. Uh, the the other talking point about Wemby coming into the year was how much is he going to play, and that's why some people were betting on Holmgren too. Like there are a couple of things mm-hmm. to be concerned about. So if Scoot like he would have to double like his points and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, he'll have that opportunity. That's, that's a big fault. Like he was the second or third favorite, like all off season. And now he's, he's waiting. Right. We're saying he's not even, he doesn't have much of a chance. Well, I think it's a little early for that. So certainly agree with you there. What about a, a guy like Giannis? I mean, you go and add Dame, does that hurt his chances to win it? Because how, you know, even if they do have the good record and all of that. To win like, MVP? You can't really say it was, yeah, can't really say it was him, right? When it comes to the MVP conversation, I I don't think so. Like, I think we probably make too much of this idea that, okay, you bring in another superstar, that it's going to take away mm-hmm. votes or, or things like that. Like, at, at the end of the day, I still think that, okay, big two, big three, whatever, there still is the guy who is the focal point. Like, that still exists. Mm-hmm. I don't see, I mean, 
I know we sort of get focused on Jokic because of what he's doing, but he still has other right. fantastic players around him. And it took everybody to be healthy for the Nuggets to win a title. And then Joel Embiid last year, like whatever you think of James Harden, like he still had some <laughs> phenomenal offensive outputs and his assist numbers were through the roof. So that does matter at the end of the day. Like you still need to have another fantastic guy next to you uh, for the team to be good and for you to have a serious MVP uh, possibility. So in that respect, mm -hmm. it really shouldn't. I get the odds are a little yeah. longer for Giannis than others, but you know, you have other guys here who are on teams with, you know, fantastic offensive scores. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what's happened with the Suns, right? Like mm -hmm. that's the idea. Durant and Booker, are they going to take votes away from each other? Neither of them is in the top five. So, so not, there's a little bit of value on KDA's like 25 to one over at BetMGM and Booker's mm -hmm. at a much higher number, depending on, on where you want to look that, okay, LeBron and AD, LeBron passes prime. So he's not part of that MVP conversation, but I do think there's something taking away. But the thing is like Dame is not at that level right now. Dame is not in the MVP conversation in any sense. Like, I don't even think he's True. top 15 in odds. And it, that's just because of the production. Mm -hmm. Right. So in the Milwaukee case, I, I don't think he's going to take take away from Giannis. Because we all right. know who the number one player is. And he's won it a couple yeah. times. And, yeah, I, I don't mm -hmm. see – honestly, anyway, Dame could win. And two things to that. Number one, hashtag narrative, Dame went over there to win a championship. Right. Like he had been mired right. in Portland misery for quite some time with that lone exception of making it to the <laughs> Western Conference finals, I believe, in the bubble. But still, though, it's, it's like, OK, he goes there to win a championship like, you know. So what does that mean? If the infrastructure is already good there, then he's just sort of that last piece. And that's fine. Other thing, too, is if you look at, say, Darko ratings, the sort of all-encompassing metric to determine the best players in the NBA right now. Jokic mm -hmm. is running away with this thing and he has the shortest odds to win MVP and all of that makes sense. Nobody's disputing that, but in yeah. second place, we have largely a tie between Giannis and Joel Embiid. And so in that respect, if Giannis is 12 to one, I like the value there done. Yeah. Yeah. He's 13 to one. You could find out there and like, yeah. the record's probably going to be there right now. They're tied for the two seed. They're they're going to be the one or the two most likely in the Eastern Conference. I'd be shocked. And they're not are they even playing that great? Like th there's another <laughs> gear for them no. too. Like you know, yeah. so they could end up being the one there, and then it's Giannis will get a lot of credit. So I, I mean, a lot of this year, are we going to do the same debate that we've had for like five years now, Giannis versus Jokic? Because that's what it's come Probably. down to most of the time, outside of last year with Embiid. And the whole kid Jokic win it again. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> he could. Yes. He could win three and four. believes they will. 100%. Yeah. I don't think people Absolutely are going to look he at can. it. He's special. Dude, the refs were getting booed in Chicago last night because he was eliminated. People <laughs> love this guy. It's It, mm -hmm. it was wild. But, I love him. I mean, you guys think this is every year, like the first half of the year, he's in top two, three mm -hmm. odds. Is Luca going to break through? And when I say breakthrough, it doesn't mean he's not a superstar. I'm just talking about the MVP conversation. Because the odds are set every year. They want to give him the MVP, but something derails it at some point. And it's usually the team's success.
Mm-hmm. Well, I There's see. A- I disagree. I think it's usage. I think that's the problem with him is that they they sort of run him into the ground in the first few months. Yeah, that there's nothing right. left uh, down the stretch. Now, is that because the Mavericks are designed to wear without Doncic, like they just can't function? I think there's some truth to that. But you have to moderate his usage a good bit more so that he is available in those last couple of months because I think that's when we are much likelier to think about who the MVP should be right now. Like it's important for betting purposes, but as far as, you know, the non better, but still an NBA fan, they're probably not thinking about thinking about this all that much. And they're starting to make their decisions and come to their conclusions the last month, last two months. And Luca just isn't available or he's a shell of his former self. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what hurts him more than anything else. Mm -hmm. No doubt. He's just absolutely Uh, gassed. (laughs) Uh, right yeah tap no but, depth yeah with the back-to-backs they, they lean on him way too much we'll see if they uh they eventually learn their lesson i think mm-hmm. coach of the year is priced correctly now this is a market that fluctuates throughout the season and that that makes pretty good sense i'm holding a chris finch ticket i believe i got 25 oh, uh nice. season yeah he's third he's third but it is super close okc orlando minnesota indiana all teams exceeding expectations those their coaches are top four in the odds board um so i was looking at win totals preseason versus current win totals indiana's gone from 35 and a half to 43 and a half uh orlando 30 35 and a half to 43 and a half the exact same jump okc 43 and a half now 49 and a half and then minnesota went up eight wins 43 and a half to 51 and a half so if if we're going on the idea that the coach of the year is coach of the team that exceeds expectations most this is priced correctly that's what happened last year when mike brown won it that's what happened a few years ago when tibbs won it but my question is is that truly the formula that that's kind of been rattling around in my brain because a couple years ago and historically, that's not what it is. It's not NFL exceeding expectations. It's usually the one or the two seed, a coach with a 700 winning percentage like Monty a couple years ago. So I I don't know that the voters have decided on which way they're going to go, and, and maybe it depends on the year, but it, it's it's lined up like exceeding expectations. I'm not sure. It just might be the coach of a team with the best record. Like it, it could be Missoula, who by the way is forty-two to one right now. Mm-hmm. But didn't but didn't the Suns exceed expectations though that that year? Like they, right, they kind but of felt like I should say surprised. You, okay, but were what? they a they weren't a surprise though, right? Would it be worse since you're already holding a Chris Finch ticket to gra- like get one more where you're getting a lot more value on a team that you do think could be a one or two seed? Yeah, that, that that's kind of what that? I'm thinking right now. I'm considering yeah. that. But, like, also, Missoula, he was under fire in the playoffs by the media a lot. Are they going to vote for him for a team that was expected to win? <laughs> like, I don't That's just kind of what I'm considering right now. They're, they're uh, pearl clutching the priors, so to speak. Like, how do you go from that to so. being the best coach in the NBA? Uh, that's not easy. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our lightning bets, our favorite plays for tonight right here on the BetQL Network.